Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. This channel has mirror channels on BitChute, Brighteon, and Rumble. There is also a Spanish language channel by the name of La Voz del Señor. And if you only look in the drop down menu at the bottom, you can see everything to do with the master's voice. You can also see where to go to read all these prophecies in print. Every video that you are watching has a printed version at the master's voice where you can take your time and go through the prophetic words to see what is the Lord Jesus saying to his church now today in this hour. I have two prophecies to bring that have to do with a coming United States economic crash. When this economic crash comes, it's going to affect all the countries of the world. But the Lord has been saying for a long time that some countries are going to fare much better than America will. America is going to be the seat, the heart of the crash. And God says that this economic crash is going to put two of America's past financial crises in the shade. One of those is the 2008 crash, which is not so long ago, but the other one is the Great Depression of the 1930s. And so today's prophecy is called U.S. Economic Crash Worse Than 2008, and I received it last I received it about two months ago, January the 26th, 2023. At that time, I was on my break and I was not minded to put this message up at the time. But then the Lord began really pressing on my heart and said that this is something that needs to be shared over and over again. And so that is one of the things that I will be bringing out. And so the banner scripture is this. There are two banner scriptures. The first one is this. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. This is 1 Thessalonians 5 and 3. The second scripture is this. Riches are worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness brings deliverance from death. And this is Proverbs 11 and 4. So the first scripture is basically saying, that when they're telling you it's a bull market, when they're telling you that the country has never been safer, when they say it's a bull market, that's when the bear lifestyle is going to show up. That's when everything is going to implode and plunge people's financial livelihood, their savings, and everything that they thought they had into total chaos. That's when sudden destruction will come. When they're saying America's never been stronger, that's when we wake up one day and see Russia and China at the front, back, and side doors. And the scripture says that this brings upon a person labor pains suddenly, devastatingly, the same way that pregnant women began to have those piercing pains that let them know the time for the baby is here. And 1 Thessalonians 5 and 3 says, and they shall not escape. The core of this prophecy is to let America know that God says there will be no rescue from this financial crash that is coming. Last year, I received a prophecy that was as clear as day. It is called Nothing But Scattering. And the entire 15 minutes or so of that live prophecy that was just coming out of me when I was on a daily prayer call is that America is going to bottom out. God says that Uncle Sam has been playing fast and loose with the books and now it's time to pay the piper. And he said that no economic policies, no pumping of the brakes, no propaganda that can come out of the mouth of whoever is in power is going to fix this. There will be no bailouts. There will be no side doors. There will be no escapes. He says that the times ahead for America are going to confound even the very wealthy. Proverbs 11.4 says that riches don't help in the day of wrath. What is the day of wrath? The day that God decides that he's going to pick up this country and shake it the way small children shake their rattle. But he does say this. Righteousness brings deliverance from death. So the people who are righteous, God's people, he is saying that he will surely remember us. And this is something that God has been saying. Many people try to make it seem as if when prophecy is coming forth, it has to be one or the other. Well, Celestial, which is it? Is it Russia or China? It's both. 
which is it is it economic decline or is it going to be that the country is going to be plunged into civil war it's both it's everything everywhere all at once at the same time on one country that god has said he will surely judge to the exact measure of the wickedness that she has performed and so God is saying here that economic straits are coming such as we cannot understand. But at the same time, God has Noah plans in mind for the Noahs. The thing with Noah is that Noah believed God. So if you're one of those people who um, you're relying on your Harvard degree, MIT degree, your stock market trading things, I'm not even going to argue with you because I don't have any of those things. What I have is the absolute certainty of who is speaking to me, the Holy Spirit of God, of what he says is coming. And therefore, righteousness, which is believing what God said, like Abraham believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness. I believe what the Lord is saying and therein I put my trust in him so that he can deliver me from all forms of death and all who are like-mannered and like-minded can expect the same so on January 26, 23, I had such a clear and sobering dream that that dream basically had my mouth full for the entire day. I didn't say much and it was on my mind throughout all my household tasks, throughout all the work that I was doing. This, this dream was just boiling through my mind and I was marveling at what I had seen. I dreamt of this massive company in the city. The city, it, it looked like Manhattan. It looked just like Manhattan, or it, it could have been. It looks exactly like those business districts that you see all over the world where the tall, 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 fancy black glass or emerald green, green glass buildings are all clustered together in their little um, exclusive club of money. So... There was this massive company in the city, thousands of employees, so much money to burn. And this company had so many perks that I was confused in the dream. I was in the dream, so I was seeing the perks and experiencing them. But at the same time, my mind was struggling to come to terms with how can a company have this much capital outlay? I mean, money from the CEOs to the middle EOs all the way down to the mailroom staff. Everyone is doing well in this company. You're enjoying the perks, but at the same time, if you're a thinking person, you're like, how does this company have this much money to burn? Company was so big that it took up several city blocks in terms of its office space, and it stood multiple stories high right in the middle of a city that looked like midtown manhattan and this company like i said was not shy about spending money there's a lot of large institutions corporations and organizations they don't really want it known how much money they have they don't want it known what the net worth of the entity itself is and then what the net worth of individual shareholders is and so they will hedge that information the only person whose business is going to be out on front street is probably the ceo because he's considered you know a public figure and so people are going to dig into him or at least he has to declare his earnings like they do with apple and stuff like that but most super rich institutions they strive for privacy they don't want people to focus the lens on them too much and they will have these social programs and orphan programs and lots of, I just call it outside smoke, smoke screen cover to make it look like, oh, we're so into sustainable develop and look how green we are simply because they don't want people asking hard questions about how much cash they have. But this company was not like that. It was loud and proud and it was well known how much money they spent. And so I saw such expensive perks for the executives and that mentality filtered all the way down to the lowest paid staff. There was so much excess in this company, so much extravagance that like I said, even though I was hired into this company, which has never happened, um, I was enjoying the perks, but a part of me was thinking, how are they paying for all this? How do these people stay liquid and how on earth can this much money and splurging be made available to all of us? I'm talking canapes in the office where they wheel in these little trays and then we all flock around them like hungry baby birds to pick up things like truffles and things like that. 
mandatory breaks, so much ergonomic space, the best kind of chairs, the best kind of coffee from far off destinations and things like that food that you cannot believe in the company canteen and things like that. They had all this and yet the workforce was extremely gross. When I say gross, I don't mean disgusting. I just mean very, very large. And how I got into this company is I have a friend who doesn't actually live in America. This is not a person who's ever been here and he doesn't see this as a place that he would ever come and live or raise his family. But in this dream, he was neck deep into this company. He was one of senior management. He had the power to affect hiring, firing, and he was part of the big decisions. And he called me up and he said, you, you know, Celestial, we're in a hiring we're in a hiring season, and I think that you could greatly benefit. We are hiring consultants, so nobody's offering you a long-term position, but I promise you, he said to me, even if you get hired short-term, the money that you can make will make it totally worth your while. So call up HR, get yourself an appointment. Don't stress too much that we are friends let hr make their own decision about you and if you get in well then the best of luck to you so i did call i got called for the interview and i got the job yet on my first day at work i'm heading into the building we've all seen these movies where the new person has their little attache case and they're coming up to this tall building and they pause and they look up like wow i finally made it well i pause not because i'm thinking this but because i can hear screams like woo woohoo and i look up and i see senior executives in suits skydiving off the roof of this multi-story skyscraper I kid you not. They're, they're wearing that thing where you pull it, you know, you pull it like this and like this, and then you guide yourself. Paragliders, they're wearing it in the middle of the city, base jumping off the top of the building, and then guiding themselves to like a cordoned off area where they have, you know, lifestyle extreme sports experts there to tell them, good job, Rodney. And I'm standing and I'm looking up at this and I'm thinking, is this a business? Is this a normal company? What exactly is going on here? But as I was getting used to my new job, here's some of the things that I saw. I saw people wearing jewelry. I'm talking about pearls in the office. Women with their, hairs, their hair up in chignons, and they're wearing pearls on the neck, pearls in the ear, silk blouses. Everybody turned out so well. There's so much pressure to fit in. But I'm just there in the midst of all this well-dressed designer culture life, upmarket meals, and I'm trying to figure out how did I end up in the Wolf of Wall Street? And then one day, all of a sudden, this dream goes from all this success to darkness. I mean, the tone of the dream turned dark, and I suddenly see this guy who got me hired come to my cubicle with a look of absolute terror on his face and he's motioning to me frantically come out of that cubicle and follow me and so i'm following him and as we feed into the main hallway outside where i worked we i see a ton of people like panicked herded animals this this look of fear on my friend's face is on nearly every face that is in this hallway and pretty soon we're tightly packed and we're moving towards if I ever see this building, if this building is a real building, I will recognize it. We're moving out towards a particular staircase that is up against a marble wall. Normally stairwells are at the side of the buildings and they just go like this zigzag, zigzag, and there's always a door at every floor. This building, when you walk into this building, it has this grand entry hall, very grand. And at the far end, there is a marble wall. I don't know if it's emerald green and emerald green kind of marble or black and white marble, but there was a marbled wall right back at the, at the front, at the back of when you walk into the entry hall with a huge vaulted ceiling that have all the little gold overlay and everything. And right up against that wall, there were stairs going to every floor like this and like that. And so we went to those stairs. I don't know if people were being directed there. 
heard it there. We went to those stairs and we started to go up. And for us, it was not a very long schlep because we were already on the 14th floor. So everyone is headed up to the roof and there's this nervous whisper moving among people as we're pressing. And these are the words my friend said. The economy's crashed, gone, poof, the whole thing. We're sunk. We are finished. Everything is imploding. The stock market, the money, the assets, everything we thought we have, we don't have it anymore. It's all gone. And so I'm there and I'm listening intently and I'm nodding and I'm trying to follow along and people are trying to push their way past and I'm holding on to the railing to make sure that nobody pushes me or starts a stampede or anything like that. And this guy, somebody who in real life has dealt with big money all their life, the whole time that I've known them, I saw terror on this person's face, absolute panic. And I knew looking at that face, this person is more deeply vested in this company than I understood. For me, I was just a consultant. I'd only been in the company three months when this happened, but I saw someone who had sunk their life into a corporation, and now that corporation had just disappeared to the bottom of the deep blue sea. And so when we got to the top floor, they had set out so many chairs. This is such a massive conference room at the top. And they had set out chairs and all the usual fancy nibbles were there and the sparkling water and everything. And so few people could even peck on that food. We were, people were just electrified with this nervous, tense, afraid vibe. People could hardly sit. Almost every single person opted to stand. And a meeting was going on in the main conference room that was supposed to be cordoned off. But I went to the ladies and when I was coming back, someone had stepped out of this conference room and left the door open. And this is what I saw in there in my dream. I saw that the room was full of men in black, gray and navy blue suits, very stern faced men who were barking orders and barking instructions. And there were also Hasidic Jews there with the yarmulke and the standard black and white outfit that they usually wear, which is usually a black suit with a white shirt and no tie. That is what I saw. Hasidic Jews in there and other men formally dressed in black, gray, and navy. Such a tense meeting. And I saw all our usually confident bosses who were always like, hey, how's it going? They were sitting in their chairs like little school children and they were being given sharp instructions from these two sets of visitors and being told this is how it's going to be from now on and this is what's going to happen next but even though i pressed my face up against that little crack and i was watching and listening i didn't really understand what they were saying and what was going on and i also don't remember it when i woke up and so i crept away from the door the dream changed and the next scene was just devastating we were being driven out of that building like cattle are driven from one place to another. We were being driven out of the building without fanfare, without notice letters, without any form of warning. We were all fired and we were told to leave the building with immediate effect. No one was allowed to go back to their floor. No one was allowed to go back to our desk. What we did not know is that while we were herded up there, all the side exits of the building were locked. Passwords were being changed on all the computers and all our stuff. I've spoken before that when they fire you, you have your little box and you have your cactus and your little, you know, your picture of your family and everything there. They went desk by desk. They took personal records, medical records, anything that you might keep at work in case HR might need it, personal effects, your car keys, purses, handbags, whatever we had to make our space our space. They just dragged it into these large cartons. This is celestial stuff mixed with whoever stuff, just as many as a box would hold. And then they would cart it down to the lobby and ditch that box. So a whole team of security had been watching, working and doing these things for the hours that we were upstairs waiting for them to talk to us. They had been clearing out the building and then they just tossed our personal property, which was mixed up in boxes in the lobby and passwords were changed. Desks were cleared, filing cabinets locked, 
and everyone was tossed out of their office and their workspace without notice. And I was very angry because all my personal effects was mixed up with other people's stuff. And you can imagine the panic, the anger, the cursing, and what a nightmare it was going through boxes to see, is it your stuff? So you have to go through tons of boxes because nothing has labeled. Basically, no care was taken. I'm trying to show you here that in the dream, people were summarily fired. To be summarily fired literally means to wake up one day and find that you have gone from employed to unemployed without so much as a, an email to let you know what is going on. And we were not allowed to go back upstairs. People were so angry. People were crying. We were not allowed to go back up for any reason. And to make it worse, to add pressure to the whole situation, we were told that we had a limited time to find our stuff and get out of that building. Anything that was left behind would be destroyed. So you can imagine how the panic rose once that extra instruction was added. Now, in another part of the building, the Lord opened my eyes in this dream, and I just saw basically through the walls, and I saw to another part of the building where there were so many boxes of hard drives, and I saw three types of hard drives, but there's one that I do not know what that is. First was the normal type we have now, so the modern external hard HD drives, this um, high-definition drives, and SSD drives, that is a solid-state drive, which is the newer technology. And then I saw old-style floppy disks, quite a few boxes of these old-style floppy disks from the, I think it's the 80s and the 90s. So there was information going that far back that was stored on that type of drive. And then there was information that was on the very modern drives. And then there was a very small drive that was only about the width of a fingernail, uh, four fingernail widths joined together. Um, I'd never seen, it wasn't a thumb drive. It, I, I've never, I can't describe it well, but I've never seen that type of drive before. And there were also boxes of this new type of drive. Um, and they came in the color black, gray, maroon, and blue. And all this stuff had been put into that hidden part of the building for quick destruction. I also saw paper files. I saw records. I saw bank information. And I saw a lot of company paperwork that was waiting to be destroyed. And I thought, Lord, what are these people doing? If they destroy this stuff, then where is the proof of how they've been operating for the past who knows how long? And so that first dream ended on a very high note of panic and despair, people losing their jobs suddenly, things going on at the very top in the halls of power that even the executives of this company did not have control over. They were being told what to do and how to do it by external people who came out, which included the Jewish community here in the United States. And um, when we came out, you know, if you'd managed to find your stuff and you came out, I saw that companies to the right and the left of us were streaming out in the same state of distress, the same state of panic in the rich company zone. It did not look like any of the businesses had escaped this sudden recession. And I had another dream immediately after this. I saw a mine. So there was a mine, a place where they mine you know, um, resources. I saw this deep hole in the hole in the ground with just a ladder going into it. And I saw 10 or 12 workers standing around that place. It was not here in America. It looked like maybe Paraguay or one of those places in South America. They were standing around looking very sad and upset. And they were just wearing, you know, normal miners clothes. Some of them had the cap on their head, uh, not the, the hard hats. They, they had their own cap on their head. And some people had their caps and they were twisting their caps in distress because the foreman who was dressed formally was talking to them. And he was telling them that the mine was no longer operational and that these 10 or 12 men did not have jobs anymore. And these people had immediately with immediate effect had lost their jobs they were being told that the mine had gone bankrupt that the mining by the company the foreign company that owned the mine had pulled out summarily with no warning the rich investors just pulled out of the mine took maybe the valuable equipment and just basically left the hole in the ground left the workers left everybody and left it to the foreman to tell them that the mine is closed and there's no more job so these men were crying some of these men were so upset and devastated by this news that they were crying and they were pleading with the foreman and they were telling him this. I could not understand their language, but I was hearing the interpretation in English. They were telling him 
that if the mind is having financial problems, they understand. They were telling him they still wanted to go down into the hole and work. They said, we will work. And then you can give us that work time as a credit. Give it to us as a credit. And then when the company has money, when the company is doing better, then let the company pay us then. But this foreman was struggling to tell them what closed and bankrupt means, what it means when foreign investors pull out. He kept saying, no, the mine will not be able to reopen. The company has no money to pay you, so you do not need to work. But they did not understand. And this man was the same nationality as these people, so it was not language barrier. They were failing to process what it means when the bottom falls out of the market suddenly and without warning, exactly as happened in the rich sector of the first dream. He said, it's the recession, trying to speak slowly so that they could understand that this thing was something that was so big that it was not just their mind. He told them that the foreign mining company had pulled out without warning, abandoning everything, including the workers. It was impossible for these men to accept it. They just could not process the idea. The mine is gone forever. Your work is gone forever. And because they were crying so much, the foreman told them, okay, men, let's open up so you can go down and work. And when he said that, all of them became calm and they wiped their tears and they went down the ladder into a mine that was not going to be giving them any salary anymore. And I felt very bad when I saw this. When I woke up, the Lord explained clearly to me, and I've written it down, so please listen. A worldwide recession is coming. A crash that will be felt around the world greater than the financial collapse of 2008 and with even more far-reaching implications and repercussions that cannot be stopped or fixed by anyone. I repeat, this next crash cannot be stopped, fixed, mitigated, or lessened by anything. It is going to happen, and in the days, weeks, and months following, it is going to roll its way around the world until there is no one and nothing that is not impacted by it in some way. The Lord was telling me that even the measures of 2008, which were very actually wicked measures, they were short-sighted and extremely selfish and they sought only to protect the wealthy. They only sought to cushion a certain class from financial destruction while letting everyone else fail and creating a special class called too big to fail. God said that even trying that is not going to work this time. Every business in home, he said, around the world will be touched. Now, as he was speaking, I began to have impressions of the Lord upon my heart. And what was laid upon my heart that places that will not be impacted unto destruction, impacted unto destruction, meaning having the workforce just collapse, the financial situation collapse, the banks collapse, the economy collapse, industries collapse. That's to the point of destruction. Places that are not going to have total collapse are places that have what is called a small debt sheet. I am not too conversant in these things. It means a low and a moderate sized government debt. It definitely does not mean the huge sky sized debt of trillions upon trillions with trillions more on the way that we have here in the United States. And even then, being able to survive this destruction will vary on the type of debt the government has. I'm not conversant on the different types of debts the governments have. Two countries that were put on my heart are Japan and the little island of Tonga. Japan and Tonga, which is representative of these very small economies that 80% of what they use is their own products. They are growing their own things, eating their own things, and relying on their own things. And they are not relying on, for instance, iPad export money to survive. So I have seen on at least two occasions that though this crash 
will be especially devastating for European and Western nations. Anyone who is strongly connected to the U.S. dollar economy, I have seen that even though the Japanese yen will go through shaking and shuddering, their money will not totally fail. And so when these countries came to mind, it led me to understand that it's not just them, but all countries that are like them in how they operate being cautious and self-restrained like Japanese economy and also being largely circular in the modern world when it comes to trade. Usually people look down on these closed economies that are just recycling their own things. But then when the world economy crashes, it turns out to be really good that you like to grow and eat your coconuts, like to grow and eat your own native foods. And so when everyone else is now not able to get things imported because the import export market has been smashed by the US dollar becoming paper, no pun intended, then countries like that will not be suffering. So if the government balance sheet is sensible enough before a recession, then it will survive better than one that has an insane balance sheet like we have here in the United States. So here are several things that these dreams, the two dreams were showing. One, when these big companies become aware that they're going to fail, they're not going to be open and speak about this in the public space. The only way we're going to know about it is literally when we see their business being splashed on front street when they crash, not before they crash. They are not going to be upfront about it. They're not going to give any national updates. They're not going to come clean about their situations to their bankers. And they're just going to plunge into the deep dark hole of doesn't exist anymore. Big business are going to be the first people who know that the economy is about to implode. But all they will do, God was showing me, is try to minimize their own risk. They're going to try to lighten the balance sheet by making huge cuts in staff and expenses. They will even go to the extent of destroying their own records to erase the paper trail of how they ended up in such gross financial distress. So later, when there isn't a paper trail, even when auditors are brought in after the fact, they will just claim that it was faceless factors, the market not favoring them, that caused them to crash. And they will not have to shoulder any responsibility for things like reckless spending, reckless borrowing, and how those actions have affected, negatively affected the national bottom line. I also saw in this dream that there are much higher hands and heads at work than even the CEOs and corporate boards of companies. God was showing that this economy in America has puppet masters who come in right at the knife edge of crisis. What is the knife edge of crisis? Just before it gets bad and we start to see people sweating on the news broadcasts and saying, we don't know what this is, America. Just before that point, Private meetings are going on to hedge and protect corporate executives themselves, perhaps the larger entities, but not everyone and definitely not the ordinary people. So I saw that these people, the puppet masters, come in at the edge of crisis to dictate what is going to happen next. They do not advise. They tell these companies what's going to be done. And therefore, God was showing me that when we see this economic failure, we should know that it did not happen naturally. So whichever way the tree will fall, who it falls on, God says we should know that this was not a natural fall. The tree was chopped in a certain way so that the greatest impact could fall on who it usually falls on, which is normal people. He says that the economy does not fail naturally. It fails with a ton of help. It fails with a ton of insider information, insider orchestration, rules from control, and specific choices about which trees should be saved and which trees should be allowed to burn in an economic recession. These two dreams also show that the crash in Western markets will devastate other nations, especially those that are tied to or dependent upon the U.S. dollar. 
I have spoken of this many times and one such message that I have always covered is this message that the Lord gave me in 2018. The prophecy is called Money Down the Drain and that was two dreams. I saw that the US dollar went through a horrible loss. It devalued up to 60% of its value. And when that happened, inflation was slapping us all over the place and we could barely afford basic goods. I saw that there came huge schisms in the minds of people in America for this reason. When this happened, the government began to say, we knew this was going to happen. We planned about this America. Don't you worry. All of this has been factored into our two-year, five-year, and 19 three-year business plan. We can handle this. The propaganda machine swung into motion like you wouldn't believe. TV, radio, YouTube, other tube, it was pumping that America was okay. They did not want to confess or admit that a crisis had happened, that the crisis was going to deepen as we can understand, if our money loses 60% of the value, they would not admit this. And they began to demonize anyone who was saying the opposite. That person almost became like an enemy of the state. That person was called um, names like conspiracy theorist, enemy of the state, treasonous, that kind of thing. There was a lot of mockery happening in America if you were someone who was speaking the truth about what had happened to America. In that same dream, I saw that America's carelessness with money in the financial crisis that she had caused affected other nations, especially other nations in the so-called developing or third world. People had their savings wiped out overnight. Just like this dream that God has given me on January 26, 2023, I saw grown men crying. I saw people in distress. Everything that they had saved became worthless overnight. I saw that there was a lot of economic distress around the world and people hated America because of it. I saw them burning flags in other countries. I saw that American embassies were no longer safe. I saw that people began to attack U.S. businesses overseas. Such was the rage against this country because of her financial shenanigans that had finally reached breaking point and ricocheted and caused a terrible life for others outside. In the same dream, I saw myself speaking to relatives, speaking to people close to me, instructing them and telling them what God had said about this time period. And people were still telling me they didn't believe it. Such is the cognitive dissonance in humanity. We were in the crisis. The crisis was no longer coming. We were in the crisis and people were still trying to paint me a liar and say, no, it's not true. Because the TV Kool-Aid was so deep in their veins that they could not simply settle into the acceptance that they had been lied to. And now we had to pay the piper and things were happening. I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 20. It is called the burden against Egypt. And I've read from this chapter before in the prophecy that is called unemployment and a wage crisis for America. I made that prophecy, I think, in April of 2022. And what God was saying is that America is going to go into a devastating wage crisis. And the wage crisis is going to be that there will be extremely low wages. Even if you are highly skilled, you will find that the salaries they're offering for high skills is going to be so low. They're going to start cutting the benefits. They're going to start being stingy with benefits unless you're really, really, really up there and things like that. And also there are going to be no wages, meaning that the unemployment sector is going to swell. And one of the things that God has said for years, there's a prophecy called signs of decline in America. He has said that due to all the economic shakings that will happen in America, a lot of people who are barely falling, holding on are going to fall right off the bottom. He spoke of young people who are trying to make it in life. This is your first time having an apartment. This is your first time living away from home. This is your first job. You might find that if you're older and you're doing work part-time, if you are young and it's your first job, or if you don't have extremely necessary skills, you're not even mid-level yet, you might be a part, that part of the economy that will be easily cut 
And what that will bring, obviously, when you're not getting a job is economic distress. God showed me that a lot of people are moving back home. Even divorced people are going to start to agree to share accommodation while they're going through their divorce or even after they're divorced. If they have a decent relationship, God showed me that divorced people were still sharing one place because it was cheaper than maintaining two homes. And they were like, you know what? Hey, why not? I don't hate you that much. And at least we can keep the, the appearance of a family and the kids can be together. But really, they were doing it because it was cheaper. I saw that people who lost their jobs moved homes. They moved back home to their parents because their parents more often than not had fully paid mortgages or at least their parents had homes that were 99% paid off and they were safe and the bank wasn't taking those houses. I saw that homelessness rose, that a lot of people for the first time in the United States were driven not even into family members' homes. There was simply nowhere for them to go. And this country began to experience a homelessness crisis of all levels of society. The Lord said to me, Celestial, tell them that people who have never even thought of being homeless are going to be homeless. I saw that it was very hard times in America. And I saw in that dream that when I was trying to share the word of the Lord, people hated to hear my voice. They hated to hear anything to do with God. They were so depressed, so angry at having nothing. And they did not understand that it was part of the judgment that God said will come here because this country of so many gods, he is going to judge the God of money. He is going to judge the God of the U.S. dollar. And so that is the dream from 2018, money down the dream, down the drain. But since years before that, years before that, when I was just writing these things down for myself, I said that I saw several dreams in which myself and family members when America had been completely ruined and it was just hard, hard times we were walking on money. We were walking on paper money. We were walking on all the currencies of the world, not just the U.S. dollar. We were walking on all types of foreign currency, and nobody had interest in that thing. Money had passed its useful time. And if you want to know, for those who are always like, well, where is this in the Bible? Not only does it talk of the black horse, which means in the end times, economic straits of unheard, unseen proportions will come. But the Bible talks of a time that the man Joseph was the only way that God was able to save not only Egypt, but an entire region of the known world at that time from one of the most devastating famines in the world. And if you closely read that story of how Joseph rose to prominence in Egypt and he prepared the grain and everything, you will come to the verse where it says the people came to Joseph and told him, Give us bread and we'll just work and we and our families will work for you because the money has failed. God showed me that years and years ago and I thought, wow, Lord, you are so consistent. There is nothing new under the sun. So the book of Ecclesiastes says the Bible has it clearly long before Bloomberg was a word on everybody's lips and we needed to tune into experts to tell us what was going on. Joseph, feed us for the money faileth. And that is how it's going to be. And that is also because the Lord says that something called coin is coming into play. And I'm not talking about the gold and silver that people are using now. That is a separate prophecy and I will make it after this one if there is room and strength. But for now, we are looking at Isaiah 19 and this prophecy in the Bible, it is literally titled, The Burden Against Egypt. And look at this. I always write in my Bible, and I received this prophecy twice. Once on December 27th, 2018. Again on April 3rd, 2019. Before I received it again in 2022. And this time, I made, um, I made the video. So I'll read from verse 5. And I'm paraphrasing, and then I'm going to explain. It says, The water, waters will fail from the sea, and the river will become wasted and dried up. Indeed, the rivers will turn foul, the brooks of defense empty, dried up, the reeds and the rushes withering. Papyrus reeds by the river, by the mouth of the great river. Everything sown by the river will be withered and driven away and be no more. And then the fishermen will mourn, and everybody who casts hooks into the river will lament, 
They will languish those who spread their nets on the waters. Even those who work in fine flax, who weave fine fabric, will be ashamed. Those and the foundations of it will be broken, and all who make wages will be troubled of soul. Ah, here is the third date that I received the prophecy. It was the 16th of March, 2022. And then when I had time, I made the video in April. It says, surely the princes of Zoan are fools. Pharaoh's wise counselors give foolish advice. How can you say to Pharaoh, I am the son of the wise, the son of ancient kings. Where are they? Where are your wise men? Let them tell you now. Let them tell you if they know what the Lord of hosts has purposed to do against Egypt. The princes of Zoan have become fools. The princes of Nuf are deceived. They have also deluded Egypt, those who are the mainstay of its tribes. For God has mingled a perverse spirit in her midst, and they have caused Egypt to err in all her work. As a drunken man staggers in his vomit, neither will there be any work for Egypt, which the head or the tail, the palm branch or the bulrush may do. And God, being the excellent teacher that he is, opened this scripture up to me. Waters failing from the sea, the river wasting, drying up, the waters turning foul. God is saying stagnancy will enter America's economy. Stagnancy. When the waters are failing, we are talking about the sea drying up because it's no longer getting fed by the inlets, the little rivers that bring all their carriage of resources the rivers carry water and they run into the sea but god says that america is going to become stagnant wasted and dried up because all the little rivers of trade and industry that run into her from the foreign nations are going to dry up and stop and since we've always been talking about the supply chain just remember that god spoke about these things years before and i published them on the on the blog long before 2020 before we had any supply chain issues and then it says here, so first stagnancy and a problem with getting trade and industry flowing in a healthy manner. The nation will no longer be able to get what she wants. The next thing is it says papyrus reeds that grow next to the river will wither and be no more. Papyrus is how Egypt used to make paper. This is basically speaking of a big portion of Egypt's ancient Egypt's industry. They used to take those reeds and crush them up and mash them and soak them in water and then blend them together and make this really awesome early form of paper. Now, there were so many centers of learning in those days and all the learned people and all the people who wanted to study would obviously send to Egypt for this paper. Now they could write down important things. Now the words of the king could be recorded. If the papyrus, which is the resource to make the paper dries up, then God is saying that big business is going to be struck a hard blow. This is how you read the Bible. The Holy Spirit will open it up to you, will help you to look deeper into what is written there, and then you gain the understanding. If this is a big business for an ancient country making paper, and then God says, you know that paper, the little stalks that you depend on to crush and make the paper? I, God, the owner of the stalks, am going to kill those stalks. They will no longer grow next to the Nile River, and you will no longer be able to produce all this paper that has made you so great. Big industry, big business is going to fail in America because God says he's going to cause it to dry up from the roots. Then it says the fishermen will be mourning, and everybody who makes their living by casting hooks and nets into the great river will begin to languish. This is speaking of fisheries. This is speaking of every form of American business that relies on the sea. It's going to now start faltering and staggering. And God says that everybody who depends on it, everybody in the fishing industry is going to start to sorrow. And then it says, those who are working with fine flax and weaving the fine fabric will be ashamed. We're speaking now of the things that make America beautiful. 
the fashion industry and those who are making clothing and Macy's and Nordstrom watch them. Those in the business of aesthetics, the fine fabric and the beautifying things that they weave, everything is now going to start shuddering. When God says they will be ashamed, he basically means that they're going to have absolutely nothing to be proud of that all those industries are going to start shutting their doors. And you can already see that um, I think it's Macy's is constantly in the process of closing stores and things like that. He says the foundation of the nation will be broken and everyone who makes wages will be troubled of soul. Right there in the Bible, it is speaking of the wage crisis. If you are anyone who is working, God is saying, that this financial crisis is coming to trouble your soul. And this is why it is necessary for people to trust in God, to start acting like it. Spending all your time on Facebook talking about, oh no, it's the tribulation and things like that. Well, it's time to wake up because you are going to be living through your own personal tribulation if you do not get that house in order like Noah did. May the name of Noah continue always in the mouth of true Christians, a man who lacked nothing before the eyes of God, perfect in his generations, obedient, righteous, with a hearing ear that when God says trouble is coming, did not say, well, you know, we're going to get caught up in the clouds. Listened to God, prepared his household, saved eight alive. How I love that verse. Saved eight alive. If you can only save you and your cat, God bless you. If you have a wife and two children to add to that cat and you hear the words of the Lord and go into the secret place to begin to receive strategy, People always want to talk, 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 and tune into all the networks. Are they going to give you the strategy that Joseph had to save your household? What did the Egyptians say of Joseph? Who is better for this job than you? A man in whom the spirits of the gods reside. And why wouldn't they say that? They thought that there's 105 gods. They were basically giving him the highest compliment possible. You are a man who is able to pull out of the spirit realm answers to save us. The job is yours. May God bless those who are able to seek him for strategy. In quietness and confidence will be your strength. Isaiah 30 and 18. God bless you, true Christians. God bless you people who listen. God bless you, people who believe. God bless you, people who do not send me email and tell me, you're an interesting young lady, but I don't agree with this and that. God bless you, you whose hearts do not have the fungus of unbelief. May the Lord protect your homes and bless you. May he make you like Elijah and that lady who trusted him and gave him her last. And the Bible says that she he lived with her and the jar of oil didn't run out and the meal was always there. And Elijah, the prophet, and that woman and her son ate for many days in the midst of a three-year famine that surely took away many animals, many people, and the entire economy. May God keep you in your houses when the sandstorms of America's decline are blowing outside. May you be inside safe and warm with his presence, his spirit singing songs of everlasting glory to your shelter and your protector and fearing nothing because you went on your knees to find divine strategy. And let's continue. It says, Surely the princes are fools, and Pharaoh's wise counselors give foolish counsel. This is God basically saying, keep watching CNN and Fox to keep you updated. Keep on watching the sons of the princes who are giving, who call themselves wise counselor, but they give foolish counsel. He says, how can you say that I'm the son of the wise? Where are the wise men? And he answered, 
right here in verse 14. Please listen. He says that they become fools and they become deceived and they will in turn deceive Egypt. A lot of Americans are going to be right out there in the Bitcoin frenzy until the day they wake up and see those numbers. Zero dot zero zero dollars. When the Bitcoin crashes and the Smith coin and the Shiba Shiba coin all take the nosedive of the ages. All who tied their hearts to the princes of Noth, the princes of CNNBC, NBC, CBC, DBC, Double D. When you tie your heart to people that God says, I will put a perverse spirit in their mouth to lie to you. When their words crash and burn and fail, your heart tied to them will crash and burn and fail. And I will end it in this way. God has always told me that the prophecies of this channel will confound the wise. He says that people will listen and constantly, but you said this in the other prophecy, and how does it work with this? He said that you will knock yourselves against the bricks trying to figure it out. But to the humble heart that just sits and says, God, I don't understand. He will begin to feed you the same thing that he fed me. Imagine the Holy Spirit trying to put things in my mouth. And then I'm like, well, Lord, that one tasted good. But this one, I don't agree. How would God ever tell me, for instance, a veteran of church, 10 years in the church, rooted in the church with all my heart and soul. And then my father, owner, and maker comes and tells me, hey, down there, did you know the Nephilim are coming back? And I'm like, who's that? What? What? I'm sorry? What if I told him I don't agree? How would I know that the kingdom of iron and clay that will mingle themselves with the sons of men are the rise of these rejected unclean beings coming back to sleep with the hedonistic women and men of today and give rise to a brand new class of X-Men? What if God had not taught me the X-Men are not a comic they are a preview to the people with special powers that will be bred in human wombs carrying unclean DNA. People of powers that God says are going to be super mega stars in the end, in the end times because he says, Celestial, there's one thing that people love. It's a curiosity. Famous they will be bedding men and women and bringing unclean strange seed what would be the end of this channel if i had said but i don't agree may god receive the glory for his word verse 14 the lord has mingled a perverse spirit this means a spirit that twists everything a lying spirit a spirit that is a corrupter into the midst of egypt and they have made egypt to have error in all she does and she will stagger like a drunken man falling down in his own vomit and there will be no more work for Egypt work that either the head or the tail can do this is the prophecy US economic crash worse than 2008 a dream in one night of a mega company that went down hard trying to erase its step and having secret machinations at the top and the effects of that in a neighboring poor country, foreign investors pulling out without warning from a mine, devastating a local, a local economy and leaving the people without any jobs, any covering, any nest egg. Poor men who, dis who depended on a weekly or a daily wage coming to work and having to be to told there's no more work for you anymore. The mine has closed. God's wisdom upon those who listen. God bless you. I am not a financial advisor, but I know if God had strategy for Joseph, 
and Joseph using that strategy not only protected Pharaoh's palace, but protected even people out in neighboring countries. Even Joseph's own brothers were protected. Why? Because God downloaded what to do in Joseph's head. Then the same God, he is the same God. He has not changed. He has only changed in the minds of people because pastors are liars nowadays. Very, very negligent they use magic markers to edit God into something that they think the people can chew. God was never intended to be chewed by you like a macaroon. He is God. He has not changed. As he preserved in the ancient world, he will do the same. If you have that faith. Because faith is the only righteousness, the only currency that God accepts. God bless you. And until I see you again, goodbye.